Welcome to Kibbe on Liberty. This is part of a special series where we're going to introduce you to some of the most interesting libertarian candidates running at the local level. They're not going to be on the national stage, but they represent that libertarian ethos of bottom-up, face-to-face, community problem-solving that, that very much is desperately needed in these times where we continue to look to national politics and some blessed leader to solve all of our problems for us. Libertarians don't buy all of that. We think that the hard work of governing goes down to the individual and the neighbors and communities coming together and solving those problems. So today we're going to talk to Todd Hagopian, who is running in Oklahoma for the Corporate Commission. And that is a position, actually it's, it's a statewide position, not local, but it's a position with lots of power to make sure that businesses aren't overrun with regulation, that that a lot of the mandates that come from Washington, D.C., his job is to push all that stuff off and let actually let Oklahomans create jobs, work at jobs, and be free and prosperous. Todd Hagopian, how's it going? Very good. Thanks for having me. Uh, what kind of name is that, by the way? It is Armenian. Armenian. Yeah, okay. there's a few of us left. <laughs> and I, I didn't butcher it, did I? No, you had it right. So you are a candidate for the Oklahoma Corporation Commission That's as a right. libertarian. Yes, sir. Uh, you are a libertarian official in Oklahoma. Yes. What what title do you have there? I am the chair of the Northeast Oklahoma Party, which is basically the Tulsa region. And you are a superstar on Twitter as Libertarian in Chief. <laughs> I have some folks who like me on Twitter. Yeah. I have a lot more that don't like me. <laughs> yeah, well, that that happens when you're when you're fighting the fight on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about um, first of all. Tell me about that race and and why it matters. Sure. Because most states don't have this. Yeah. So, uh, corporation commissioner to begin with basically puts regulations in on industries that are supposedly in the public good. So in Oklahoma, that's oil and gas, transportation, public utilities, because it's Oklahoma, 25% of the folks work in the oil and gas industry. It's a big deal. Um, in a lot of states, it's not that big a deal. So we had our eye on this race. Um, but the real reason it was important is because it's a ballot access race. Oklahoma has put in place a situation where if you get two and a half percent of any statewide race, you secure ballot access for the next four years. So we wanted to target this race and get ballot access through 2024. Um, at some point during the during the filing period, we realized that it was unlikely a Democrat was going to file. And at that point, we got really serious about the race and decided to put forward a candidate who we thought might be able to have a chance to really put a go at it. Um, and I stepped forward and, and asked the party and the party said yes. And that's where that's how it became. So you started off as a libertarian activist before you became um, consumed by politics and power. Yes, actually, in 2010, I kind of started swinging towards libertarian. I did not join the party till 2016, and the first time I've run as a libertarian would be this year. What is your sort of uh, libertarian origin story? Like, why, why did you become a libertarian? Yeah, everybody's got that one where it's like, boom, and I became a libertarian because of this speech. Mine wasn't that way. I grew up in Michigan. Uh, my parents were hardcore conservatives. I was in Ann Arbor, which is a hardcore liberal town. So I kind of grew up with these real sharp elbows. You know, anytime anyone said anything liberal, I just fought back, and I was as hardcore conservative as possible. 
moved out to the west coast of Michigan, and it was a little more libertarian, but honestly, I never even knew there was a libertarian party. Uh, but Justin Amash was running in that area when at the time when I was living there. Um, so I got to know him, and I started to listen to him and, and like what he was saying. And, and still, every libertarian I knew was a libertarian Republican. So I still didn't know there was a libertarian party. Got to Ohio, started actually hearing about the libertarian party. Um, and of course, 2016 came about, and I couldn't find a candidate that that really met what I was looking for. And at that point, I started looking at all the third parties, and really that's what took me to Libertarian. It was a slow evolution of ideas, listening to Amash and Rand Paul over time um, that really got me there, but there was no magic yeah. moment. Um, so what is your, when you're in an elevator and someone says, you're that Libertarian guy running, <laughs> what's your what's your ele elevator pitch for Libertarianism? Yeah, so, so Libertarian, basically we want a government that sticks up for the smallest minority in the country, which is the individual. We want to protect your property, we want to protect your life, and we want to protect the pursuit of happiness. That's what libertarian is. And what I want to do in this position is I want to cut the red tape, I want to get government out of picking winners and losers, and I want to put Oklahoma back to work, which is not the job of government, but if you do the first two things right, then more Oklahomans will be back to work as a result. Yeah, I would imagine that um it, given the, the power of the oil and gas industry, there's probably a ton of cronyism as opposed to <laughs> real capitalism going on in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty outstanding that um, the the folks raise like 600000 for these races, right, and they get paid 100000 So anytime you raise six times what your salary is going to be in a local election, it just kind of puts a... Uh, puts a little black mark on it, like why are people raising so much money? Why are people donating so much money? Um, there's quite a bit of the money is coming from the oil and gas industry. So it, uh, some states are more punitive to third parties than yeah. others. So, so I know that Laura Epke in Nebraska had a real problem when she switched the Republican Party as a state senator to a libertarian, um, primarily because of the way that the ballot is structured. Um, does the state of Oklahoma treat libertarians equally? Um, no state treats them equally, uh, but I would say the Republicans are nicer in Oklahoma than they are in other states. The Republicans actually fought to make it easier for ballot access That's for different. third parties. Yeah. yeah, which is a little different. Um, and we have some good allies on the Republican side that helped us do that. Now, for 20 years or so, they kept us off the ballot. Um, and in 2016, the national organization did a great job. LP National did a great job helping us get back onto the ballot. And then since then, folks like me who have run in these statewide races and gotten the 2.5% have kept it. And so hopefully, uh, pretty for sure, we're going to lock it up through 2024 now. So that'll be eight years running, and we'll be able to keep it going. Um, so there, it's not bad. Um, but we're still growing. We basically haven't had a libertarian get any votes at all until 2016 again. So we're just starting to be back on the upswing in the state. Okay. So we haven't at risk, we haven't put them at risk yet. So we'll see what they do once we start <laughs> doing well. <laughs> if you win, you remind me of this libertarian meme that goes something like, uh, our, our goal is to take power. No, I just butchered it. It's, do you know which meme I'm talking about? You, you tell it cause it, I just ruined it. Our, our goal is, uh, to take power and then and then basically um set people free yeah exactly <laughs> does anyone know logan help me out here I don't know. No, nobody even but, knows what i'm talking about well it's interesting because the last libertarian that ran for this position ran on a on a um, platform of exploding the position 
Yeah. And so that was something that me and uh, another guy I've been working with trying to figure out how to win this race talked yeah. about, like, yeah. should we run on that platform? And what we decided is, no, there's things, there's three corporation commissioners, and one of them leans libertarian already. Mm -hmm. So if we can get on here and every single time vote yeah. the libertarian way, and we get him half the time or three quarters of the time, we will make huge libertarian strides in Oklahoma. And that's better than being the guy who says, I'm gonna explode the commission, and, and instead of getting 51% of the vote, I get 18% of the vote, because I just get the yeah. radicals. Well, know? it seems a little flippant, because like one of, the, one of the most vexing problems as a libertarian is how do we get from where we are today mm -hmm. to where we need to be? Yeah. And I, I happen to believe um, in, in pure and clean and radical principles, mm -hmm. but the process of, of getting um, back to where this country belongs involves a lot of uh, understanding the nuts and bolts of yep. the process yep. and unwinding it. And there's no like magic button somewhere that, right. that, that allows you to abolish right. big government. Yep. So I, I think it's a little flippant to say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to blow it up. Yeah. 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 Figuratively I, speaking. Exactly. And I believe in bold radical principles and I don't like particularly like incrementalism but I do believe you can be bold at the same time with your ideas rather yeah. than just, I'm gonna blow it up. I'm going to say no to all new regulations. I'm going to make a regulation past two critical theories. One, it has to be absolutely vital for Oklahoma safety. And then two, it needs to not, um, it needs to not benefit any company or segment or sub-segment of an industry over another. And if your regulation can't do those two things, then it is a no, it's a hard no from me. And if we can get every commissioner starting to think that way, then we will have a libertarian commission over time. Yeah, and t t that strikes me as a reasonable pitch to the people of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, what, is, what does your campaign look like? Um, um, how are you campaigning? How are you communicating with voters? Yeah, so obviously it's hard during COVID, right? Um, and so I'm trying to utilize the Twitter following. Uh, it's a nationwide campaign. We've gotten campaign contributions from over 20 states. Uh, we've raised about $10,000. Um, the opponent has raised about 200000 So the opponent's going to spend 200000 over eight months. I'm basically going to spend 10000 to 20000 hopefully, in the last week. And the idea is, is in the Corporation Commission, uh, people don't think about this role until the last week when they start looking at who's on the ballot and they try and figure it out. And what we're trying to do is make sure that my name is seen by every single voter that last week before they had the election, that they have a choice other than the incumbent Republican who's been in politics for 20 years and everybody knows who's been in politics for 20 years. Try to go after that populist movement of we don't want the incumbent anymore and then also the fact that Oklahoma is swinging a little back towards the center and probably is going to be in that 55 to 45 or less type of um, vote total over over the course so if I can do a little bit better than Biden I have a chance at pulling this thing off has there been any polling for president? Um, do we know how Joe Jorgensen's doing in Oklahoma? Uh, we do not know how Joe Jorgensen's doing in Oklahoma. Most of the polling, as you know, Joe's been eliminated from most of that polling. What we do know is that Trump got 65% of the vote or so in 2016. He's polling around 55 right now. So there is some 
evidence that Trump's going down. There's not a whole lot of evidence that Joe Biden's going up. So there's a lot of unsure. And Oklahoma was one of the better Joe or one of the better Gary Johnson states in 2016, even though it was our first election back on the ballot in some time. So we are hoping for a, a very good Joe showing. The uh, the challenge, like we and we could talk about this a little bit. We went from uh, in. 2016, the debate commission, which is controlled by the two-party duopoly, the Republicans and the Democrats, raised the barrier to entry, and and I think it's 15%, right? Mm -hmm. Which is virtually impossible. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing, unless you're on the stage, so that people know that you exist. It's virtually impossible to achieve 15% unless you happen to have billions of dollars like Ross Perot. But I think the barrier for him was like five or something. Um, and that's when they started ratcheting it up. Yep. But they've taken it one step further because in 2016, the 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 way the the very obtuse way that they decided which polls yep. to use to measure that, they never seemed to choose the ones where Gary was was performing beyond yeah. the threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've taken it one step further now. Like yeah. uh, Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian candidate for president's not not even in the polls anymore. You're so right. I don't know how you would achieve a 15% barrier if, if you're not even being polled. Yeah, and you're right. And and going back to Ross Perot, it's important that people realize that actually the League of Women voters used to run the debates, and people don't get that. So the first time he ran, the League of Women voters let him in. The second time he ran, the debate commission had taken it over, and he barely qualified, and they let him in. Um, and then everybody was like, okay, and that he, he, swung, that the, yeah, he swung the election, so we're not going to let that happen again. So that at that point, they started making it harder and harder. And to your point, in 16, at least they were somewhat fair. They at least did polls that had Gary Johnson in it. They obviously handpicked the polls. We didn't like the polls they picked, you know, but okay, sour grapes. We didn't like the polls they picked. At least he was involved. This year, they on purpose uh, chose polls. And, and did not put Jorgensen in. They even hosted a YouTube, um, I don't know if you got to see this, it was really interesting, they hosted a YouTube uh, Q&A where they allowed people to send questions in and they answered questions about this, and it was flat out embarrassing. The commissioners basically couldn't answer why that they, they were uh, not excluding Jorgensen. They said, we are not in the um, we are not in the habit of creating candidates or telling people who to vote for. And we were like, that's exactly what you're doing. You're telling people that yeah. the only two people you essentially had to get 15% right in for an individual candidate in order to be included, not one time, but in every single poll in order to get it. I mean, it was impossible. It just wasn't even possible. And people don't realize that they uh, hamstrung our candidate like that. So, yeah. yeah. It, it seems like the increasing hostility of the two parties suggests that there is a trend that is upsetting them yeah. and that there is an inevitable moment, none of us know when it is, but that the you know the, the two-party duopoly is going to break up just like every other top-down yep. institution that has been broken has, has fallen apart over the last, over the process of the last eight to 10 years mm-hmm. because of technology and democratization yep. and all that stuff. It's coming mm-hmm. and if you wanna, if if you don't believe me that the, and I, I saw you commented about this on Twitter, when the president justifies his inability to win the popular vote yeah. <laughs> by saying that uh, that Gary Johnson took my votes, right. um, I don't buy that. By the way, no. I think I think libertarians <laughs> attract yeah. new people to the polls, right? 
Um, and I'm not sure the people that would vote for Gary Johnson would vote for Donald Trump. That's but right. but what's your what's your take on all that? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously he got three million <laughs> of Donald Trump's votes because Donald Trump is somewhat libertarian, right? So, yeah, <laughs> and that's what he liked to say is he's somewhat libertarian. So Johnson stole all his votes. Um, it, it's obviously trash. I mean, Johnson ran more of a liberal campaign than most libertarians have in ten years. It's it's part of the reason that. Uh, a lot of libertarians didn't like him was because he ran and went after the liber liberal votes and and to an extent Joe's doing something similar although I would say she's she's going after both pretty yeah. equally um, in a way that makes me happier than what Johnson did um, so obviously I don't think that he took Trump's votes you know I think that uh, it is getting to a point where they have or they we are getting enough votes that they're able to blame it on the third parties which is convenient for them and it allows them to continue this dialogue of if you don't vote one or the other you are essentially voting for you know b yeah. um and that's unfortunate because that is a powerful dialogue that resonates with people as you know because we hear it all the time um so i think what i think you're right though these these parties are breaking up even during the primaries you're seeing it where the primaries are getting so vicious between the liberal progressives and the more centrist, um, and and then obviously the Trump versus the Rand Pauls and the Ted Cruz's and how violent that got before everyone decided to get back in bed together. You know, everybody everybody is seeing that these parties are kind of breaking apart, and it's just going to take one major schism, and all of a sudden there could be three or four parties inside the country, and and money is going to be the key, unfortunately. Right. If the progressives break away from the Democrats, that might be big enough for it to happen. If one rich libertarian runs or rich independent runs, that might be enough for it to happen and just to make it commonplace that suddenly it's okay that there's three people running. Uh, last question, and you, you reference this, and I've, I've been fascinated by this. Um, you've been a, a big L libertarian since when? 2016. 2016. Yeah. So you watched. Um, what I, I call it the uh, the culture war within the, the Libertarian Party. <laughs> yeah. um, for simplicity's sake, I'll say there's two factions, sure. and and I call them woke libertarians <laughs> and conservative libertarians. Yeah. And I'm mystified by this <laughs> because I thought the whole point of being a libertarian is that you didn't think that the government had a role yeah. in choosing really important cultural issues to people. Where do you, where do you go to church and and how do you live your personal life? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you have to run as a as a left libertarian right. or a right libertarian. You should just run as I'm the only candidate in this race that doesn't think I know enough to tell you how to live your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My, Is this hard? Like, I help, <laughs> I, help me out. I don't get it either. And I think uh, if you spent a couple of days just monitoring my comments you would find out that I'm both a left and a right libertarian, right, <laughs> depending, depending on yeah. what comment I make. Depending on which tribe upsets <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're upsetting, yeah. <laughs> now, um, I consider myself a right-leaning libertarian, and, and the way I define that is exactly how you defined it is. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. That does not mean I don't get to have an opinion. Yeah. It just means I'm not going to have government do it. I'm not going to so, use the power of yeah, government. Yeah. I'm allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to go five minutes without hearing an opinion from me on something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm a very opinionated guy, and and that's okay. Yeah. I've never met a libertarian who isn't. You know, um, so that's what I think people get confused in the right and left libertarians is you're telling people how to live their life. No, 
I'm issuing an opinion. Telling people how to live their life is asking the government to enforce it through force. Yeah. Okay, and if we're not doing that, then we're all on the same page. And and very rarely, even in the you know woke libertarian, the left libertarian side, you don't see a whole lot of them actually advocating for government force. And I think we all have to talk in terms of that so that we realize we're all on the same team. Love it, love yeah. it. Okay, thank you, Todd, and uh, good luck. Yeah, thank you very much, I appreciate it. Thanks for watching Kibbe on Liberty. By now, you know this is the most important event of your week. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube, click the little bell so you get notifications. Kibbe on Liberty, mostly honest conversations with mostly interesting people.